0: Welcome to Behind the Salon podcast, where we'll be going behind the scenes of real salon life. I'm Jean-Michel, and together with my co-host Suzanne, we'll be interviewing successful business owners, educators, and influencers to share their experience of how they got to where they are. Suzanne and I felt that social media gives a filtered view of the beauty industry, and that there is also a lack of quality business advice for beauty business owners. Building a business is hard work. And on this podcast, we're sharing real-life experiences and learnings that all guests had to learn the hard way, so that you don't have to do it yourself. Let's jump right in. All right, so we're here with Gemma today. Thank you so much for being with us on this nice morning. So, Suzanne, do you want to maybe do a quick intro about Gemma and what she does, who she is?
1: Okay, I, mean, I could be here all day saying who she is and what she does because there's a whole <laughs> long list of stuff like I've known Gemma for a long long time I don't even know how long it is now mainly across wow. social media have met a few times in person but kind of it's mainly social media so Gemma is a salon owner and an educator she has a training academy as well she also educates for Willow which is e-files and stuff She's an absolutely amazing social media guru, in my opinion. I love her grid. She's always happy to give others advice about social media as well, which I think in this industry, anyone that's willing to share what's been working for them with anyone else deserves some kind of credit because there's so many people, I think, in the industry who don't want to share. You know, Mm. they've made it, made their business a success and quite often keep those little hints and tips and secrets to themselves. I'm a firm believer of there's enough room for all of us because there's so many clients and customers out there that we can't possibly fit them all in on our own. So Gemma is actually amazing at nail art as well because I've had her on Nail Tech Awareness demoing nail art. And she's also very good at lashes. She's a lash tech as well as a nail tech. So kind of a a bit of an all-rounder, aren't you? Is there anything I've missed in there?
2: Yeah, thank you guys. I do a lot of brows <laughs> now as I well, try. so do a bit of everything.
1: So how did you get into the industry? When did your journey into nails, beauty, you know, the rest of it kind of start?
2: It was pretty much at college. So originally I wanted to go into graphic design, things like that, website building. Did the first year and I just thought, "Mm, something's not quite right. It's not for me. And I remember looking through like the college booklet thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do now? My mum's going to kill me. I've dropped out the first year. And then i go to beauty and I'm like, well, I like painting my nails. I might not be good at it yet, but I could give it a good go. And that's pretty much where I started really. So I did my beauty therapy at college for three years. And in that time, I was kind of known for doing a lot of nail art and I'd follow. Um, oh, you might know this. There's a nail salon in London or there used to be. And they were like, Big on nail art at the time. They were like the first people that did it. And I just recreate those just over and over again. Yeah, that's pretty much how I started it. Just the ball rolled from there, really. So
1: the nail art kind of came from the graphic design that you were into kind of arty sort of stuff anyway. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense now you've said that. (laughs) Because I sometimes see, obviously, across, we've got social media, we've got all these amazing pictures, and we're all very different kind of techs and therapists. And we have different niches. And I think the ones that do nail art that really stand out shows. So I think you having yeah. like a graphic design background, it kind of set your journey for you, didn't it? You know, like yeah, that you were going to go so. into kind of doing nail art and stuff that you needed to be creative. Yeah, so definitely. what got you into nails then? Once you did your beauty, what got you like into doing nails and more doing?
2: I think it was when I got into my first salon job, and I thought, right, for some reason, I got it in my head. I really want to do acrylic nails. They were huge at the time, um, not as much anymore, which is funny. Um, it t- Tends to be all gel now, doesn't it? But at the time, like it fashion, was just all looking like goes round in circles. Yeah, and I was kind of looking at what course I should do, and I landed on the CND one at Sweet Spread. and I just knew that was the one I wanted to do. I didn't want to do it for anything cheap. Wanted to do it right. So saved up for that, did that, and then that was it. Really, just did quite a few other courses with them, and yeah, I think that was the main thing that got me started. Really,
0: that's super so interesting. And to- uh, what would you say? Like, I always find this fascinating. Like when you start into a certain direction, and then you end up going in a different direction. Yeah, um, I think, you know, for a lot of our audiences, like a lot of people who go through exactly that same journey, where they start something like I actually don't really love this. Is it because? You know, I don't feel passionate about how do I find this thing that I really love? What would you say to them? You've obviously found it now.
2: I mean, I don't know if this is just me. I know a lot of people like to plan and they'll have like one year, five year kind of plan. I don't really do that. And for a while, I used to kind of think, oh, is that going to be my downfall? I'm not planning ahead kind of thing. But I've always kind of stuck with what's relevant at the time and just let it kind of go wherever it takes me and then... Yeah.
0: So it was more like kind of you let yourself yeah. you stay open to opportunities. And in yes. that way, it kind of takes you where you feel you should go.
2: Definitely. So for yeah, example, that. with the academy, I had it in my mind that it was just going to be Lash and brow courses. Wasn't really thinking about nails at the time, funnily enough. And now it's the exact opposite. And I love it. It just happens that way.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. I think I have kind of a little bit of a similar experience with business. So when I run my business, you start with one idea that you have in mind a bit like your courses, you know, Lash and Browse, but then based on how you feel, but also what your customers want and up yeah. adjusting exactly what you do, you're offering to better suit your audience. So I think like, for me, that like, kind of that really key learning is that flexibility, that open-mindedness, do the things, or, you know, be open to go the way that you're going to be taken on.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Going no, with I'm, I'm with Gemma I've never had a five-year plan or even a one-year plan I've kind of no. just gone with the flow and mm. and seen where business or career or opportunities have taken me I kind of yeah yeah I can't even think about where I would be in five years I don't think <laughs> I think especially in this industry so much changes so much evolves and like you've just said one minute it was acrylic that was popular you know way back when we had fiberglass nails were popular now it's gels so even in yeah. that sense you can't plan what's going to be popular and what people are going to be asking for so I think in our industry maybe if you're working on your own and you want to have a salon you can build up to that kind of thing but yeah, yeah. I think most of it is winging it in a way and just going with the flow I
2: feel like that's my whole career just winging it <laughs> <laughs> forcing myself to do something and just doing it <laughs> Yeah, I think I just
1: wake up one day and go, I feel like doing this today. I just want to do it and then figure out how I can actually achieve it. I don't sort of, there's no great plan. Everything is, and it's funny because I'm a planner in my personal life, Ah. but in my career I'm not. Mm -hmm. And in my personal life, I'm definitely not a last minute dot com person, like even down to what I'm wearing or where I'm going, I'm very much not last minute. But in my career, I think everything is last minute. So it's like I do a full... it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. It's actually not until you just said that I've really thought about that. I don't think (laughs) I've ever looked at that before. So that's kind of interesting. I was going to say, it's not necessarily,
2: I guess, a bad thing. if Some people, I suppose, need to get it out on paper and need to plan it. But I think for the people that don't feel that that comes naturally, I don't think there's anything bad in that. So, yeah.
1: I think in business, there's no right or wrong. It's what works for each person. And I think that's the operative word. As long as it's working, like don't change it. If it's not working, then obviously try and kind of a new way of doing things. But yeah, we're all so different. So let's talk about social media because I look at your grid on Instagram and I just think like it just looks like a beautiful thing, I'm going to say. And Thank not you. everybody's Instagram kinda looks like that. So I'm guessing it takes a lot of work
2: it from does. your end. I feel like would it's a second job in itself.
0: Oh wow. That's
1: interesting. <laughs> how much time do you So that's setting the spend? that's setting the bar, you know? <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how much time would you so, say you spend on it, do to... you think?
2: It tends to be when I come home from work. God, it could be an hour. Or on the weekend, if I know I want to edit a lot of videos all in one go, it can take me a couple of hours. So, yeah, definitely do have to set time to do it.
0: And for the people who don't follow you yet, what's your handle?
2: Okay, so it's Gemma Elizabeth Beauty, Gemma with a J, and then Gemma Elizabeth Academy.
0: Elizabeth Beauty and Academy.
2: Yeah. All
0: right. So, if you know, while you're listening to this, you're wondering, like, what we're talking about, mm -hmm. that's the account.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah hop over and have a look because I love flicking through I love your videos I love the pictures it's all just kind of spot on so thank you I know you just said you spend a lot of time in it so do you spend a lot of time planning what you're going to do or is it a case of things just kind of happen and
2: I would say a little bit of both so for example if I know I've got a class coming up and I think oh I think it'll be worth recording that so I can kind of push it for another date or things like that. But that's about it, really. I just see how it goes, get a few clips, watch them all back a little bit later on, just put them together. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and people aren't bothered. But I just think it's better than doing nothing. Because, I mean, Instagram, as you guys all know, social media in general is such an iffy thing. Like I do not have like a secret to Instagram. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I got to a point where... It gets you down after a while when you see like a lot of other accounts doing so well and you're thinking, well, I put so much bloody work into it. You know, why aren't I getting much back off this one? And I didn't kind of post for a little while, took a break, which I always think is good. But then I came to the kind of realisation that as long as I create and post things that I like, if other people like it as well, that's a bonus. But it's better than me not posting anything and being in a carb and thinking, oh, my social media isn't doing anything and it's not going anywhere. So I just kind of, I keep going. I think that's quite important to do, really. I always think it's better than doing absolutely nothing at
1: all. So would you say your social media is a massive part of your salon and your academy? Do you get customers from it? Or is it more that you're attracting businesses and stuff? Like, what is your audience? Um,
2: It does attract a a a lot of clients. Especially obviously okay. on the beauty page. Um, yeah, a lot of the new clients that we get through will usually ask, you know, how did you find us? And they'll generally say, Oh, we follow you on Instagram or Facebook, we've been, you know, seeing your post for a little while, okay. saw an appointment come up.
1: So yeah. So would you say that in our industry it's really important to have an Instagram account? I know you said about it can get you really down seeing other people's and doing well, yeah. but in general, would you say it's like a good thing to have?
2: I think it is, but I think you saw this post the other day that Marion Newman put out. It shouldn't be what your whole business revolves around at the same time. Like it is quite a large, important part of it, but you've got to remember there's other parts that make up how successful the business is as well.
1: Yeah,
0: that's super interesting. I see yeah, a lot a of that episode because I run like kind of a, a software company for the beauty industry allowing therapists to have like a website and a booking system all in one and really easy to use. And I think a lot of them, the one thing they're really interested about is like, okay, how do I now get my Instagram presence up? So when you got started, like how did you start building it up? And then how, I think the other thing that I think a lot of people are struggling with is like, what do you post? So you mentioned it briefly, but maybe like if you go a little bit more detail of like how you pick ideas of what you post and how you got started as well in the first place.
2: Yeah. So looking back to when I first started, I think, and I tell nail text and lash texts and whatever this now is, I think before you try and start finding followers or you know potential clients, you've got to make sure that the content that you've got on there is good enough for them to click on your account to be like, oh, I quite like the look of that. You know, I'll give them a follow, see where it goes. And then from there, what I used to do is once I got, you know, the feed looking really good and the pictures on there. I'd go to other local businesses' Instagrams or Facebook pages things like that like high-end kind of restaurants. We've got a couple of chains near us that are like that. So, kind of went through and followed a few of the women followers, not to the point where it was spammy, but just maybe 10 a day, something like that. And the idea was they would see your name pop up and be like, "Oh, I haven't, you know, seen that before." And then they'd click on your account, and if they like what they see, they'll follow back. And that's how you kind of claw them in.
0: (laughs) So that's how you got started with like essentially your local network, local business. I think that's like such a great tip. You know, a lot of therapists, they're wondering how do I get into that community? And I think, yeah, social media is actually a great way for you to just go and start connecting with these other business owners that do something completely different, but obviously target the same audience.
2: Absolutely. It's the way I saw it. They were my target audience. So um, they were mainly women, women that had the income to spend, and weren't gonna are were more likely not to mess me around things like that and yeah it definitely worked but kind of on the other side of that and I was talking to someone about this the other day so we see a lot of follow for follow posts now for other businesses yeah. and I just think when you're a brand new business you definitely don't want to be doing that because it was on another brow group and a girl said you know I'm getting Really good interaction on my posts. I've got you know an all right amount of followers, things like that. But I'm not getting any bookings, so I clicked on, just had a little nosy, and every single like or follower was another business. And I said, I think I know what you've been doing. You've been doing like the follow for follows, thinking, oh yeah, you know, I make other friends in the industry, which is great, but they aren't your target market So yeah. Instagram kind of thinks, oh, she's got all these followers from all over the world, all over the country. And they're not focusing your content on the people that are local, the people that you really want to be reaching. So that can be that's a little a bit of a downfall.
0: That's yeah. such a good that's point. A really that's really good, so good point,
1: actually. Yeah, I like that. I think that's massive for any business, actually, regardless of what industry. It's so easy to fall into that trap of following everybody else as such, but that's not going to help yeah. your business and it's not going to help get your clients through the door. You just said something actually, and I've never really thought of Instagram as a networking but it that's exactly what it is. It's how you can network without leaving your home, isn't it? Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I've yeah, I've never really thought of it in that way. And I think that's a really good mindset for people to have, I think, mm-hmm. when they start their Instagram or they're wanting to change their Instagram or focus more on it for their business, is to see it as a networking kind of way to reach out to other businesses and people yeah that's a a I like that idea
2: actually
0: and you mentioned about like also creating that kind of first those first posts yeah I think a lot of people are struggling with that they're like oh what do I post (laughs) you know these posts are so nice I'm never going to be able to post such nice pictures I mean what would you say to them
2: well even I still look at some creators and I think like, even down to hand poses, how they take the nail pictures, and I'm like this trying to do it myself. And it's just <laughs> that way. And I think, how are you doing this? But yeah, I mean, yeah, look at inspiration from other creators, things like that. But I don't know, it, it's really hard to get yourself down, I think, on social media when you are comparing yourself to other mm-hmm. accounts like that. you just got to keep in mind that, yeah, you can take all these little sort of tips and tricks or certain. Hand poses, things like that, from other creators, but I think you've got to find what your thing is as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. One thing that I've uh, I've also heard a lot. I don't know if you if you agree with that. It's about document. Don't always try to create. So essentially, just go through your normal life, your clients, you know, the work that you do. Just take pictures of what you do and post that. That way, you don't need to think too much about content. But then you do have a lot of ideas and it's actually what people want to see because they want to, you know, social media is a way to have a window into your life. Do you think that's like a good way to start?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like I was saying, people are nosy. People want to see what's going on behind the scenes, things like that. And like even the, more, the most, what you might think is such a boring thing to you because it's so normal, you do it every day, might be quite interesting for someone else to see. For example, I made a video the other day about how to clean e-file bits. And that alone sounds dead boring. But actually, if you don't know that or if you haven't been taught in your course how to do it, you could find that quite useful. So, yeah, I always think just kind of take pictures and videos of everything. Some of it might be okay, Some of it might be really not. And you think, oh, I just won't use that. But, yeah, I think that's a good way to kind of see it. And people are definitely nosy. They like to see what's going on.
0: Yeah. What is the (laughs) post that had the most success for you? Like, what is the one post where you're like, oh my God, this has really gone viral?
2: I don't think I've ever had a viral post as such. I mean, I remember in lockdown where a lot more people were doing nail art and some people were trying to carry on the social media through that. And I was trying to do that for a while. And you know what? It's always the posts that you don't think (laughs) will do well, that go well. So I I did a set of nails on myself, they were okay. Looking back now, they, I didn't think they were anything special. And I kind of held them up, took a picture in in my salon. The main wall has got kind of it's a bit of like a mural. It's got writing all over it, things like that. It's all in the brand yeah. kind of colours. So I took it against that, and it has like pretty sure it reached a thousand, if not more, sort of lights, Which at the time was like I'd never had that before. And I think you know what, yeah. the picture wasn't even that good of a quality. It was a tiny bit fuzzy. It wasn't
0: completely clear. Uh, I'm just like, how has this happened? Yes, <laughs> that's super
2: what interesting. Well and what doesn't. So that's what that's I mean, great. take photos of everything, because you never actually
0: know what will work well for you. That's I I'm
2: known
1: for
0: that. I agree.
2: Yeah, I take
1: photos of absolutely everything when I'm out, when I'm at home. Like, honestly, my phone is just thousands <laughs> of pictures. And I will go through every day and kind of delete a few if I've got loads of the same. But I always think Mm. when you've got that, I don't know if you're like this, but when you've got that day that you're like, I just don't know what to post today or I didn't take any photos yesterday or that I've always got something that I can draw back on and go, right, this will have to do. This is what I'm going to post. And sometimes it will be the most random photo. And like you say, it will do really well. And you're like i was going to delete that i wasn't even going to post it that was in my kind of reserve <laughs> exactly, yeah i yeah. guess it's
2: not overthink it isn't it really yeah
0: yeah that's really the that's thing massive, i think like, a lot it? of people just overthink it they just like want to mm. take that perfect picture have that perfect feed but essentially you're better off just like posting regularly and do it like a lot because you never know what's going to stick and you might as well just put a lot of things out there and yeah it sticks for you what you like is but not I what other people time. like
1: Yeah, I don't have the time. I literally just snap away and think that'll do. I'm literally (laughs) really, I'm not one of these that's going to spend an hour getting the perfect picture. It's just not going to happen. I don't know about you. When you said about how much time you spend, I never want to spend or focus too much of my time on my social media, which Mm -hmm. I think is why I'm quite, I'll literally jump on and do a video or a live or just take a picture. Like everything's very quick, quite I suppose I'm quite reactive with my social media that it depends maybe what people are asking for or questions I've been asked or something like even if a client, why did this happen with my nails or this happened on holiday, then I might quickly jump on and do a video or do a Mm -hmm. post because I'll think, well, other clients might be thinking the same, but they haven't asked me that question. So I think somebody else said that I'm quite reactive and since I've heard that word, Yeah, that's how I'd describe my social media. It's reactive rather than anything that's planned or anything else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Talk about hashtags. What's your thoughts on hashtags, where people should go with them? Like, do you think it's massive for hashtags? Do you think it's important? Because I see so many accounts not using hashtags at all. And I'm Mm. like, but surely that's how you get those pictures noticed is through the hashtags.
2: Absolutely. So again, I think it's always worth doing it than not doing it because it's going to help even if it helps a little bit. But on those posts that did tend to go quite big and I'd look on the stats of it, it was the hashtag, like one particular hashtag that did it for me. So yeah, I think it's definitely worth doing. You don't need a huge amount. What I tend to try and think is use a mix as well. So for example hashtag nails is like a huge hashtag there's a lot a lot of posts on there it's a very common one but your content might get lost within that whereas something that's kind of middle ground will get you a little bit more reach so I think including a few of those different hashtags that way so ones that are bigger ones that are sort of in the middle ones that are smaller quite niche would work quite well yeah
1: that's really good point actually because I sometimes look at the ones that are the biggest but um yeah you're right if you just use all the hashtags that everybody's using you're going to get lost and your content isn't going to get seen. yeah that's a really good point actually I hadn't thought of it that way do you change your hashtags up
2: I kind of think as well well what do I search for when I'm looking for inspo or if a client comes in and they're wanting leopard print nails I'm like oh, what can I do that's different? And I'll let you search left print nails. Um, so kind of keep that in mind as well, really, about what I'd look for if I was looking for a picture like that.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think it's such a minefield. Well, social media is a minefield when you're starting out anyway, isn't it? You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things that don't work. Yeah, hashtags are an important part of it. And I try and change mine up as much as possible. I don't tend to stick yeah. with the same... Kind of hashtags yeah I like what you just said about using the different kind of reaches I think I try and stick to the ones that are all bigger but yeah you kind of end up you're just a number in a thousand kind of posts aren't you so it's not probably standing out as much yeah no that's a really good point I think for anyone starting out definitely because there's no real guidebook is there about how to put your business on social media you know you might have a personal account on social media but it's very different to running a business account you know you want it to look streamlined you want it to look presentable and you want it to be a reflection of your business which is kind Mm -hmm. of harder said than done isn't it you know I think we said before I think it's so easy to look at Instagram in particular because it is just pictures and maybe everybody's not reading the content, the words that go with it. They are just scrolling and looking at the pictures. It's so easy to yeah. look at somebody else's grid and think, oh my God, their business is perfect. They must be raking it in, they're earning loads of money, they're doing really well, they're full client base all the time. You know, like it, I just think it's so easy for people to think that when yeah. we all sitting here know how much time and effort has gone into that account. And actually how much we've got from it, it's not perfect. Yeah. I definitely think sometimes it's better to make mistakes and learn from them because otherwise yeah, you definitely. don't know what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. Whereas once you make a mistake and it really doesn't work, you kind of go, right, never doing that again. <laughs> and it's easier to move yeah. on. It's, That's it's hard, a isn't point, it? <laughs>
0: Yeah, you always learn more when you fail than when you succeed.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people always um, talk about when you failed and not when you succeeded as well. You know, that's always what's remembered, yeah. isn't it? You know, if a client has a bad service, they'll tell the whole world. But if they've had an amazing service, they might tell a few people, but they don't like mm. broadcast it to the world. It's just yeah. the yeah, society we live in, isn't
0: it? We're all
1: happy to know. <laughs> Not much to praise other people and and applaud everybody's success. you know it's I'm always happy to applaud anybody's success and anybody that's started a career, changed their career, completely revamped a career, whatever they've done, because it's taken them hard work to get where they are, and that yeah. always deserves applause, you know, regardless yeah. of how well they're doing yeah, now.
0: When you started your different social media accounts, How long does it take before you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm getting a bit of traction? Or do you ever feel like, you know, you're getting a bit of traction on those accounts? Because I think like a lot of people I speak to, they just wonder like, I don't get any followers. Nobody likes my posts. You know, how many do I need to do? And they expect almost like, you know, you post like a few posts and then, oh, people are just going to find me. But we all know it takes a lot of time and a lot of work. How much time would you say on average?
2: (laughs) How much time? Oh, God. (laughs) I don't think I could even put a number on it, to be honest. I often think social media is one of those
1: luck things. Sometimes people just get lucky.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I normally wouldn't, you know, in day-to-day life or when it comes to business with luck, but with social media, especially at the minute, I don't know what is going on. It's changing all the time or it seems like it is. Yeah, it's
0: almost different. Yeah, but I guess you know, it's a bit like the lottery, right? You need to play to win. (laughs) <laughs> so you have to be what? in it exactly you need to be in it so you need to start posting do things and just be out there and almost like without any expectations because as you said it's such a lottery but ultimately you need to be there so that people can find you yeah absolutely um, you need to try new things out.
2: yeah definitely better than just sitting on your bum, doing nothing, I always think. For me, when I've seen
1: social media accounts in the past, when you were just saying about, you see some of these accounts and you think, oh my God, how have they got that many followers? How have they done so well? I've seen one account, it's not in the nail industry at all. It's, It's somebody else in a different category altogether. But she was doing some amazing content, really making me laugh. It's like a fashion makeup account. She had a few hundred followers, then it was a few thousand followers. You know, I'm talking years it took to get the few hundred and then a few thousand. And then all of a sudden, somebody very big shared her account and she went viral. And then that was it. Her account has gone, which is where I was saying, I think the luck comes into it. But on the other flip side of the coin, sometimes when you go viral and you've got like all these tens of thousands of followers those followers are not necessarily the people that are going to make your business and and actually be clients. Mm -hmm. They're going to be, you know, maybe therapists or people within the industry that are following you to see how well you're doing and kind of nick ideas off of you, but they're not actually going to become a customer and earn you any money. So I
0: think think you've got to keep it aware of that when they
1: see
2: big accounts, you know? Absolutely. I mean, for me now, just going off that really quick. So for example, on my academy page, I do want other people in the industry obviously connecting with that and networking, things like that, because that is my target audience. Whereas with the salon, yep. the beauty page, I'm actually kind of like a mix of both because I am to the point where I'm fully booked. So I'm not necessarily desperately needing new potential clients as followers, but at the same time, yep. I want to stay relevant in the industry as well. So it's a little bit of both. So it all depends where you're at in your career yeah.
0: as well. That's such a good point. Yeah. And you build your salon audience from your Instagram page.
2: Instagram and Facebook, I would say, yeah.
0: Okay, both of them. So it is possible. I know a lot of people are thinking, "Is this even possible? Can I even like get a full book?" Well, it is, <laughs> and you're the proof of it. And how long did it take you to get to that point?
2: I've been fully booked, and
0: yeah, getting I've to been... the point of like you know, you get started, and then you get to a point where you're like, oh, you know what, I have people back to back. Wow.
2: Well, To be honest, it did happen within, I'd say, the first couple of years, few years maybe of being self-employed. But you know what it was down to, actually? It was down to, I did um, a treatment at the time, Russian volume lashes, and they were just getting big. So not many people, if not any in my area, were doing it at the time. So that then made it quite an interesting thing to clients or potential clients So I could then advertise and say, you know, I'm the first in this area to do this amazing treatment. You know, it's way better than classic lashes, which were the only option at the time. So that definitely helped to build up like a really good client base. And then I think to keep it that way. So it's all right getting them in, you know, the first time. But you've got to treat your clients well to get them coming back to. You can't just do a bog standard service and expect to get loyal clients just like that. It does take work. God, i was saying to someone yesterday even down to remembering you know what drink they have when they come into the salad it's just all these little things that make up yeah. loyal regular clients mm.
0: basically
2: I think. and then social media yeah. it's like an extension of that
0: that's so good i completely agree with that i think i mean we it's funny you say this because essentially all about customer experience and then on my instagram i'm actually doing this week a whole thing about customer experience and how you know how important it is that's essentially The only way you can stand out, because if you think about it, the services you do, I mean, most other people will do same services. And the way you build that relationship and create loyal customer base is by creating this kind of customer experience that is unique to your business. And I started doing this because I was watching this interview, this video from Warren Buffett. Do you know about Warren Buffett? Mm-hmm. So he's like one of the richest man on earth and also like a very famous investor. And what he was saying is like the business I invest in are usually businesses who have invested from the beginning at customer experience. So they don't do anything different. It's not like a different industry. It's just that customers are the backbone of their business. That's everything that they do. And they focus on those customers. And usually those business will succeed better than any other business. Yes, businesses.
2: absolutely.
1: Yeah. For me, people go to people. You can have yeah. two salons next to each other that are offering the exact same kind of treatments, like the end result will be pretty much maybe the same. It's how they feel in that other salon that is yeah. the customer experience, isn't it? You know, like Gemma just yeah. said, it's remembering what drink they drink, maybe where they were going last time they came to you. They're not just a number, yeah. they're not just number 30 in your 100 clients list or whatever they're actually a person to you and I think that's where the people go to people because they build a bond with you they build a relationship with you and they trust you you know and that's how it should be we're the professionals at the end of the day and they should trust if we're saying to them they can't have this treatment today for whatever reason or they need to be doing this when they get home it's where that trust and that relationship's been built, hasn't it? You know, that's the backbone, I think, of what we do. It's not... Oh, absolutely. I don't believe it's just about the treatment. I've never believed it was just about offering a great treatment. It was about all the other little things, you know, just making them feel comfortable. And yeah. some people are a bit nervous, I think, when they see these amazing salons on the high street that look yeah. absolutely stunning. and be- Like your salon looks absolutely beautiful.
0: And I think for some
1: people that aren't confident, maybe walking into a salon is a bit intimidating for them. You know, knowing what treatment to ask for when they've never had their nails done before or never had their lashes or waxing or whatever it is. They don't know what they're asking for. They just know that they need something. And I think it's how we create that atmosphere that helps draw Mm -hmm. them in and makes them feel comfortable.
2: Yeah. I mean, with the girls, we're all self-employed in the salon, but I always say to them, you know, as soon as someone comes in that door, just lift your head up, give them a smile, say, you know, hi, or are you between with someone if you've got the time? Just anything to make them feel welcome from the very second they walk through the door. Because we've had it before where, because um, the nail tech's at the front of the salon where clients walk in, um, where there used to be a particular nail tech, it's not with us anymore. <laughs> that would just carry on with the work and she wouldn't even lift her head up and be, I'd be doing lashes and I could kind of see into the reception area from my lash room and this client's just stood at reception like I'm at the right that's place good. is yeah. anyone going to yeah. say anything to me and you know it's that kind of thing you've got to make them feel welcome um, and comfortable in that environment as well because it can definitely be very intimidating especially if it's quite a busy salon as well and actually on the flip something- side I was just thinking as I was saying that you can kind of help to build that with social media as well. So, for example, like exactly we put a lot of stories. Yeah, like we'll have a laugh, we'll put things that we wouldn't normally post on you know, a normal Instagram or Facebook post, we'll put it on a story. It just makes us look like, well, what we are really. We're just easygoing, we'll have a laugh, we'll have banter, things like that. And I think that definitely helps.
1: Yeah. I was just about to add to that. It's translating that welcoming that you go the extra mile, you do all these little things for clients, it's translating that into posts and content on social media. Because Mm -hmm. if that's what clients are seeing before they actually walk in the door, you want them to get not just Mm -hmm. that you create beautiful sets of nails and lashes, you want to create that anybody's welcome. And don't worry if you've never had your nails done before. Don't worry if you've been having them done somewhere else or if you bite your nails or you know whatever it is like nobody should feel yeah. ashamed or embarrassed or intimidated to walk into a salon and have that kind of help I think it's very hard to translate that to social media but not yeah. impossible but yeah no I, think I mean that's... just
2: thinking as I was listening to you then like for example you know like all the TikTok trends there's one at the minute where it sounds ridiculous saying it but you get slapped with a tortilla when you've got water in your mouth Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, it is good. And you know what? It's things like that, you know, with all your staff and who you work with and put that out. Like, people love to see it. And, for example, we did one, and it is hard for us because we've got so many people. It's like, okay, oh, just take a quick video of you really quick? And it was my staff and their problems, I think it was. And it was just funny bits. Like, it was just getting them, you know, a couple of seconds of video of them each, just where they're not quite realising I'm taking it. And one's like, you know, talks to herself. Another one is she walks in with a coaster, doesn't buy anyone else one. Just all these silly little things. And you know what? That real in the TikTok, it did really, really well. Like it was funny. People liked it. and They saw that side of us. So I think... Kind of relatable, isn't it? Yeah, relatable. Yeah, definitely. That's a good word, actually.
0: Yeah, it's creating that connection, that personal connection. As you said, people yeah. Yeah. buy from people, connect with people. And, you know, social media is a way to do that online. And I think you're capturing it really nicely. You mentioned like TikTok briefly. Is that something that you also use? And have you seen that translate into customers? Or is that more like kind of for fun?
2: I would say it's more for fun at the minute. So if I make a reel for Instagram, I'll upload the same one to TikTok. Again, some of them do well, some of them don't. I would say it's more for fun at the minute. But I think with TikTok becoming so big... I just felt like I want to kind of get the foot in the door first and kind of see how it all works, yeah. get used to posting. If it goes big, that is a bonus. But yeah. at the minute, I wouldn't say we get clients from it, but I think it could be a good step instead so it's definitely got the potential to get to that point.
0: And is there any other social media networks that you use and you recommend using? Like, I mean, one that jumps to mind is maybe LinkedIn, but I don't know if LinkedIn is like kind of the right target audience.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure about LinkedIn. Um, I have recently just joined it actually. I don't yeah, think it's relevant. I think it's I'm not sure. to be like, a part of. Yeah. And if it does happen or something happens for me, it, that's it's great as a bonus. Yeah. I, I think think, sense sense. think
1: we have to, to maybe stick to just a couple of accounts and do them mm. really well than trying to spread yeah. ourselves thinly across it's time consuming, isn't it? And trying to yeah. build that into your days is hard Mm -hmm. you know I think this is me personally but the way I always looked at it Facebook and Instagram I believed was going to get me clients so I always kind of and for me personally Facebook got me more clients than Instagram Mm -hmm. so I spent more of my time on Facebook than I did Instagram but I know other salon owners and techs and stuff have said that Instagram is where they get more clients than Facebook so they concentrate on that which I think is really Interesting in itself. I think it depends on your age range of your clients in your salon to which they use. I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, for me, my clients were kind of over 40 and Mm -hmm. very few under 40. So they were using Facebook more than they were using Instagram. So I spent more of my time on Facebook, which is, I think, why I've got a love of Facebook and not such a love of Instagram. It's just because of what I've used more of. And you just get used to it, Mm. don't you? You get to know the ins and outs and, you know, like we said, what works and what doesn't and stuff. So I think if any business is kind of starting out, then I think they should kind of maybe start with maybe those two accounts. Try and identify who their client is and which one they would be using and focus more on on that. I know you can do this whole post to Facebook and Instagram at the same time. Maybe just do that for a little while until you figure out, you know, which is working and stuff. It's kind of a minefield, isn't it? Whether you've been doing social media for years or not, it's still a minefield
2: (laughs) and the algorithms and all that,
1: like let's not even go into all of that kind of stuff. It's just mind boggling, isn't it? It is.
2: It really is. Yeah. And like I say, it it can get you you down. I know even like big accounts that I kind of speak to and occasionally they'll be thinking, you know, exactly what I do. Like, oh, I put all this work into, you know, creating content and it's not doing so well at the minute. So I think everyone has that, even the larger accounts. So I always think when you're feeling like that, take a little step back if, you know, just for a few days and get your head back into it and just think, you know what, I'm just going to post what I enjoy, what I think other people might enjoy um, and try not to looped into it, I would say, trying to yeah. think again.
1: And I think what you said before as well, following on from Marion Newman's post about social media shouldn't be somebody's entire mm-hmm. marketing for their business. It should be other avenues as well. Because if you lose your social media account, then you've lost all your customers as such. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's finding yeah. that balance, isn't it? Which is is hard, but it's just trying to figure it out, I suppose, as you go along, isn't it?
2: yeah definitely just winging it basically we're good at winging it yeah
0: so now that you've kind of built that strong follower base you have a successful salon that is fully booked you're now building this academy what is kind of next for you what is your focus for the future
2: i have got something in mind but i haven't wanted to tell anyone about it? I, it I feel like i don't want to jinx it. i might even mm-hmm. think it's, you know what this isn't worth doing this isn't worth spending our time and money on but Again like I don't necessarily plan for it. I'll kind of look into what I'm thinking of doing and if I think it's feasible I'll, you know, and worth doing I'll carry on with it. Is it a case of us watching
1: this space to see what you're going to do next? Yeah, I
2: think so. And you know what? You might not even see anything <laughs> for the next year. It might take that long. I, d- I might even change my mind and think about this It's not worth it, but I mean That's exciting.
0: <laughs>
2: I, <don't> know. <laughs> I know it's a bit vague but
0: <laughs> so you're working on something else big so essentially you're not stopping you're like okay i have built this salon uh, i built this account. yeah they're both working really well and now there's something else coming so essentially what you're saying is like i keep going and i guess it's something in the space something in beauty it's something like you know you have to say yeah pretty
2: yeah. much i always need a project whether it's like in personal life, if it's something in the house, if it's usually to do with work, I need a project to focus on. And I think, right, the academy's done. You know, that's still in the frame because it's trying to get that big at the same time as well. But I feel like I always need something more. I don't know. Maybe I've got. ADHD or something and
1: I feel feel like since I've been following you I'm constantly going oh what's she up to now because there is always something kind of in the pipeline or happening yeah you know all these Mm. things that you're kind of ticking off there's always something so I'm intrigued to see what's coming next for sure
0: (laughs) you know I think this is just the nature of being an entrepreneur you know like you do one you do two businesses and then you're like you know you get the love for it, and you're like, well, why should I stop? <laughs> yeah. You know how yeah, to do exactly. it. You'll so you just keep going. So you're becoming yeah. a serial entrepreneur.
2: That's interesting. I think, you know what, I'd never really liked to settle. I suppose when I first started out and I was a nail tech kind of renting a chair, I suppose I did kind of settle for a few years thinking, oh, this is quite a push to, you know, I haven't got a huge amount of bills to pay. I've got clients coming in. But then as soon as I got the salon, I think that was just the point where I could just see, so much more and so many more possibilities and different avenues I could go down so quite exciting yeah
0: that's awesome and now that you are here you're like a serial entrepreneur we just define that right now right here what would you say to someone who is just starting they're like at the beginning of their career they might just have graduated from your academy or you know another academy and they're like okay now I'm going to jump into this I'm a bit scared I know What's coming in for me? What should I expect? What would you tell them? And and what would be like kind of your your advice for them to, you know, enjoy what they do or, you know, make it as big as as you did?
2: I think just to, I suppose, when starting out, just kind of keeping the present and focus on building that kind of client base and giving really good, what's the word, customer service? I suppose. Yeah, customer service, customer experience. Yeah, I'd say be more customer sort of focused at first. And then, again, as that kind of gets better and better, then your social media can be an extension of that. But And not to compare as well, I would say, because I know a lot of people when they first start out, they compare with, you know, all the bigger kind of nail techs, well-known people. But I think, you know what, the important thing to remember is that we all started somewhere, even the ones that are huge now their first sets of nails for example probably would have been you know some of the worst sets of their whole career just like mine were just like other people's so we all start somewhere yeah and even you know the the nail techs that have got the big accounts they've got their own product range things like that they probably would have been in your position at some point thinking god where am I going to go with this and yeah so I just think focus on you and yeah you can't go wrong really
0: That's such good advice. I mean, thank you so much for that. I think it's really refreshing to hear that from you who has done all of this. I remember reading something and that really made me laugh. It was like this business guy and he was like saying like, you know what? The first time you do something, you're just going to be bad at it. So you just have to accept it. He used like the word, like you're going to suck at it. (laughs) So he's like, the first time you do something, that's just going to be how it is. The second time you're going to be the same, maybe a little bit less. And you'll just keep being bad at it until you become a little bit better. And then you become good. And then you become excellent. It takes time. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Thank
0: you so much for sharing those words of wisdom.
1: (laughs) I think the way I've always looked at it, when you're starting out, if you've got paying clients who are coming back to you time and time again and they're happy, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. As long as you've got customers that are coming to you and they're coming back to you, then... It's your customer that dictates your business, really. You know, if you're making them happy, don't worry about what anyone else is doing or how perfect their lives or businesses look. Just worry about your returning customers. That's all that matters. Yeah, I would definitely
2: agree with that.
1: Yeah, it's so important to not compare yourself to other people and what they do. We're all so very individual (laughs) and it's just not something we can compare, is it?
0: Yeah, that's so true. Well, I mean, I think we're getting up to time. I mean, time flew. (laughs) So thank Thank you so much for for being here with us. Oh,
2: thank you for inviting
0: me. This podcast is sponsored by Storefront. The only way to get a website and a booking system for your beauty business in less than five minutes. Hi, I'm Jean-Michel. I'm a tech entrepreneur and the founder of Storefront. Before Storefront, I launched and scaled one of the largest mobile beauty platforms in the UK, called The Salon. We delivered hundreds of thousands of treatments and generated millions of pounds in revenue. So I understand exactly what it takes to run and grow a beauty business. And I know how important technology is. I mean, did you know that technology is the main blocker for most beauty business owners to grow their customer base? Let me ask you, do you find building a website confusing? Are you struggling to connect it to your booking system and sending reminders, taking payments, consultation forms, making sure it's all good for taxes, and so on and so forth? Does that sound familiar? If that's the case, Storefront is for you. Build and edit your website in minutes and manage all your appointments on the same mobile app. You can choose how you want to charge, all upfront, just a deposit, or after the appointment, you decide. When your customers book, We send confirmation emails, text messages, and you can even send them consultation forms up front. Everything's automated, so you can focus on what you do best, and that's delivering amazing treatments. Do you want to know more? Request a free demo on getstorefrontapp.com. That's G-E-T-S-T-O-R-E-F-R-O-N-T-A-P-P dot com. Join hundreds of other hair and beauty business owners, nail professionals, estheticians, hairstylists, massage therapists, makeup artists who've started automating their business. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Thank you for listening to Behind the Salon Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review the show. It will be so helpful and it takes less than a minute. Thank you so much. We love you and see you next time.